The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up high, and shout, this is my Bible. (laughs) I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by... The Word of God. Amen. Uh, We're still talking about divine health, our divine privilege. Amen. And today uh, we're going to be rounding this up. We're going to be concluding this series that we started a few uh, weeks ago, talking about divine health, our divine uh, privilege. Just a quick announcement. We are back on TBN uh, in July, uh, Wednesdays. 9.30 9.30 p.m. Amen? So please be sure to check that out. Let's go now to 3 John 1 verse 2. 3 John 1 verse 2. This is the apostle uh, uh, John writing again under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says something here that will interest you. I'm reading in the original King James Bible. He says, Beloved, I wish... Above all things, that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen? Amen. So what we uh, said we can discover from this scripture is the fact that God's will for us is to be in health just like God's will for all of us is to get saved. Amen. Amen? How many of you realize that God wants everybody to get saved? The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the... World, So Jesus came to die for the world. He came to die for everybody. The Bible also says in 2 Peter 3 verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men may consider slackness, but is long-suffering to us, what? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it is God's will that everyone gets saved. Just like it is God's will that everyone Uh, uh, one of his children walks in divine health. Amen? Even though it is God's will that everyone gets saved, it is God's will that we all prosper, uh, particularly with salvation, we see that there is still some people who are not saved yet. Yet it is God's will. What do we see from that? Uh, We realize that God's will, just because God wills it, does not mean it's going to be automatic. So God's will that all men should come to repentance Just because he wills it does not mean it's automatically going to happen. Amen? Amen. Similarly, God wills for you and I to live and walk in divine health. And just because he wills it does not mean it will automatically happen. One of the things we need to do is to agree with it. One of the things we need to do is to discover that this is God's will. And be fully persuaded that it is God's will that we are prospered. And not only that, that we have divine health. Amen? So it is uh, God's will for you and I uh, to possess this thing called uh, divine health. The second thing I want you to note as we close this series is that the grace and the power of God to heal 
is always available. Someone say always. Uh, It is not sometimes available and sometimes not available. The grace and the power of God to heal is always available uh, for us to be healed. Amen. But we need to respond to it. We need to grab a hold of it. We need to respond by faith so we can connect to that grace to heal. And now let us look at Luke chapter number 5 verse 17. Luke chapter number 5. Verse 17, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, you know, Jesus bore our sins on the cross uh, so that we could be alive in righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Notice it says by his stripes we were healed past tense. Amen. What that means is all of us were healed 2,000 years ago when Jesus said it is finished on the cross. Now we need to grab a hold of it. Amen. Luke 5, 17 uh, says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching, talking about Jesus, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law or doctors of the law uh, sitting by. We had come out of every town of Galilee, uh, Judea, and Jerusalem. So these teachers and uh, Pharisees, the doctors of the law, would follow Jesus around. And as he is teaching, uh, they would always, some of them, you know, shout insults. Some of them just kind of uh, throw in questions that would just... Uh, uh, disrupt, you know, the message that Jesus is trying to get across. Some of them would just listen and listen with an ear to poke holes into Jesus' sermons. There's a difference between someone who's sitting to receive and someone who's sitting to find uh, something wrong with the message. Amen? If you're looking for something wrong with the message, you always find it. And these are the, 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 the Pharisees, the doctors of the law. I mean, these guys had taken, some of them had taken time off of work, uh, 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 you know, made some money available for travel, checked into a hotel so they could just criticize Jesus. But there's something interesting that also followed Jesus while the doctors of the law and the Pharisees were following Jesus around. It is the power of God. Watch what he says right after that. He says they had came, they'd come out of every town in Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem, And, someone say and, and the power of the Lord was present to do what? To heal them. So they could have also been healed. I would imagine some of them were probably coughing while they are, you know, throwing insults at Jesus. Some of them have probably scheduled a surgery in the coming week instead of receiving healing from Jesus. Because guess what? The power of the Lord was present to heal. They just didn't make themselves available to be healed. Amen. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. But one man made himself available to be healed. If you keep reading. Next verse. And it came to pass, and behold, a man brought in a bed, a man, a bed, a man, in a bed, a man, which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in, to laying before him. Next verse. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop. And let him down through the tiling with his couch in the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? See, because they were there to look for faults. Instead of saying, Who is this that is the power? To heal, they were saying, who is this that is that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Next verse. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said to them, What reason ye in your hearts? Verse 23. 
Whether is it easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk? Jesus is saying the same power that says your sins have been forgiven is the same power that says your body is healed. Man, this is powerful. A lot of people have no problem with receiving Jesus in their heart and having the assurance that they are going to heaven. How many of you believe you are saved and you are going to heaven? Not a problem. But they have a problem when we say, how many of you believe Jesus can recreate organs in your body? Oh, pastor, you need to wait now. (laughs) But Jesus is saying, which one is easy? Because I just did it in the same breath. Instead of saying, be healed, I just said, you know what? Your sins be forgiven you. In other words, I proclaim salvation on this man. And we said last week, salvation, the word salvation in the Greek is soterio, which includes healing. It includes being saved from damnation as well. Uh, that means going to heaven, but it also includes healing. It also includes being prosperous or being prospered by what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? Amen. So he healed this man by saying, hey, your sins are forgiven. It actually was harder to say your sins are forgiven than it was to say be healed. Do you recognize that? Because the only person who can forgive sin is God. And essentially Jesus was saying, I am God. And we know that he is God. Amen? Amen. And he healed the man. And the power to heal was available. It was present for all to get healed. Now there's a story that the Holy Spirit took me to in prayer this week. And uh, as I was reading it, uh, I, you know, I started thinking, is the power of the Lord present to heal all the time? And when I looked at this story, I was, you know, I really needed the Holy Spirit to uh, reveal some things to me. And he did. Let's go now to Matthew chapter number 15, verse 22. Matthew chapter number 15, verse 22 to 28. It says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, the demon possessed. But he answered, Jesus, not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. In case you didn't notice, Jesus is saying she's a, she, she, be, she be a D-O-G. <laughs> and she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now watch what happened. Verse 28 will blow your mind. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. That word great, uh, if you translate it in the Greek, is the word mega. And Jesus only used it in reference to this woman. He says, O woman, how mega, or how great is thy faith. Be it unto you, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now, reading this story, uh, you're almost tempted to think that Jesus is giving this woman an objection. You know, she came and she wanted Jesus to heal her. And Jesus turned around and said, Oh man, it's not meat for us to give bread that belongs to children to dogs. I am called to the house of Israel. It sounds like he's giving an objection, right? It sounds like the 
power of the Lord is not present to heal. He sounds like, man, you know, he's sending her away. But not when you look closely. This woman, when she came to Jesus in verse 22, she said these words, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. The minute she said that, she was referring to Jesus' uh, uh, messianic uh, physical genealogy. She was referring to Jesus as a Messiah for the Jews. Uh Amen? And this is the only uh, story, actually, where we are told the nationality of the woman. You know, if you are reading, if you continue reading, it tells us she was a Syrophoenician woman. In other words, she came, she lived in the land of Phoenicia, but she was originally from Syria. You know, like an uh, Irish American. They live in America, but their roots are in Ireland or an African American and so on and so forth. The Chinese American or, you know, whichever one you want. She was a Syrophoenician woman and we are told of a nationality uh, in this particular story because it was of importance. She said to Jesus, O son of David, and Jesus is saying, based on that covenant, you do not have right to receive from me based on a Jewish covenant because you are a Gentile. So he's not giving an objection. And I am so impressed by this woman's understanding of theology. I am so impressed by this woman's ability to think deeply about issues. She understood exactly what Jesus was talking about. I'm telling you, this woman had a perception of the word more than most theologians today. You know what she said when Jesus said that? She dropped the son of David and kept the Lord. She said, truth, Lord. And now she moved from the covenant of the Jews to a covenant that would even include the Gentiles. And she said, even the dogs deserve to eat the crumbs from the master's table. Now she's going deeper into the theology of mercy and grace. That man, you can even get the stuff, not because you deserve it, but because you're just around the master and the master has let you into the house, you can still get healed. And Jesus said, because of that, I have not seen anyone in the entire land who has this kind of faith, a faith that understands that, you know, first of all, when Jesus corrects you, that you are, you know, asking from a wrong covenant, you say, truth, Lord. You don't try to have a theological debate with Jesus. After all, it's Jesus. He says, if I try to do it in a Jewish perspective, guess what? It would be like, you know, us taking food and giving it to the dog. So Jesus is not having uh, an objection. He's not objecting this woman to healing. He's just saying you're asking it based on the wrong thing. Man, that's awesome. And some of us today need that objection because we are asking for healing based on the wrong thing. We are in what is known as the covenant of grace. And you don't ask for healing based on what you have done or you have not done. A lot of people come to us and they say, you know, pastor, I've been trying to get healed. I've fasted. I've read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations about 10 times. I've played worship songs. I've done all of these things and I'm still not getting healed. Well, that's casting, you know, uh, bread to, uh, 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 that belongs to children, to dogs. You know why? Because you want to receive based on what you are doing. You don't receive based on what you do. You received based on what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen? And when you do, you are at the place of truth, Lord. And Jesus will say, man, this faith, this is mega faith. Amen? And immediately, the Bible says, in the same hour, her daughter was 
delivered from the grievous spirits that were tormenting her. Man, that's awesome. To show us that the power of Jesus to heal is always available. Even in this story, Jesus was not objecting to heal this woman. He was just having a Bible study with her. And she understood everything. Amen? Amen. I said amen. amen. Did you get that? The second thing I need you to write down is that God is not the source of sickness and disease. Man, you need to settle this in your heart. That God is not the source of sickness and disease. Sickness and disease came into the world as a result of Adam's sin, better known as the fall of man. Amen? There are many other reasons that bring sickness and disease into the world, but we know that out of all those reasons, none of them is God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Man, this is a good place to start if you're going to walk in divine health. It is to know that God is not. In fact, say that after me. God is not not. the source source of sickness sickness and disease. disease. You know what this would do? This would make you fight sickness and disease when it comes. Because you know it's not coming from God. The Bible says in James 4 from verse 6 to 7, But he, God, gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, this scripture used to confuse me. Because I used to think, you know, the pride are the show-offs. That's not the Bible definition of pride. The Bible definition of pride is simply valuing your opinions and circumstances above God's word. When you value what you are going through above God's instruction. When you get to the Red Sea. And you value the Red Sea that is before you and the mountains that is on either side of you and the army that is coming before you than God's instruction for you to stretch out your hand and strike forth. When you value the things that you are going through more than God's word, uh, you is a prideful person. Amen. That's the simple definition of pride. And you say, but pastor, you don't understand. But, you know, I know the word says by stripes I am healed, but you don't understand this situation. What you're doing is you're highly valuing what you're going through more than what the word of God says. And the Bible defines that kind of a person as a prideful person. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says God resists the proud. But what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. What is humility? Humility is not, you know, uh, 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 driving an old car, wearing, you know, long dresses that touch the ankles and no makeup. What are you doing? I'm being humble. No, that's not humility. Amen? Amen. Humility is simply this. Valuing and submitting yourself to God's opinion over your circumstances and your situation. Saying that I may have pain in my body, but I know that by his stripes I am healed. I may be going through something financially right now, but I know that Jesus paid on the cross so that I could be prospered. Can I get an amen? When you are at that place, the Bible calls you humble. And what did the Bible say about humble people? It says God gives more grace to the humble. He gives them more ability. We need to constantly evaluate ourselves to see whether we are valuing or highly esteeming what we are going through more than the word of God. 
you, you almost have to have a scale all the time to see, man, what do I value in this situation? I grew up around people who would always value their ailments. They would value what they were going through. I mean, it was so interesting. Most women, it was with women, you know, that were my mom's friends, all of them had something, and they were taking pills for something. Most of them would, man, my diabetes, you know, my, uh, my, my sugar. That's what they would call it, actually, my sugar. My sugar. Oh, my sugar, my sugar. Oh, my blood pressure. I need my blood pressure, this and so on and so forth. What they're simply doing is uh, uh, valuing what they're going through more than what the Word of God says. And the Bible uh, calls that pride. And what does it say in verse 7? It says, therefore, submit yourselves to God. How do you submit yourself to God? You submit yourself to God by submitting yourself to His Word. You submit all your symptoms, everything that you're going through, you submit it to His Word. Hallelujah! Man, you have to submit it to His Word. The Bible calls that being fully persuaded. That he who has promised is also faithful to do it. Think about it. Abraham is about 100 years old. Sarah is around 90. Never had a children. In fact, Sarah is certified by the doctors to have uh, what is known as deadness of womb. She's never had a baby. Her womb is dead. She can't carry a baby. Certified. And there's a promise from God's word that says, you know what? You are going to have a child. You are going to have the child of promise, Isaac. And man, you are carrying this promise around for about 25 years. And none of it seems to be changing on the outside. But guess what? The Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded. In fact, let's read that scripture, Romans 4, 17. I don't have it in my notes, but I think it would be a nice scripture to read. Don't you think, Tim? Romans 4, 17. It says, it is, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Just like God said, by his stripes you were healed. Notice here, he talks in past tense. This was the instruction to Abraham originally. That's why it's in brackets, in parentheses. He says, I have made you. A father of many nations. Did you see that? God, when he went to Abraham, he didn't say, I am trying to make you a father of many nations. He said, I've already made you. It's settled. And that's the grace of God. As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. Even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18. Who against hope, Abraham, believed in hope. In other words, against all natural hope. There was no sign of hope from his circumstances. He couldn't get any encouragement from his natural circumstances. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you look at your bank account, your, the doctor's report, there is no encouragement from the natural circumstances? The Bible says against all natural human hope, he is still believed in supernatural hope. Man, that's awesome. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Man, that's awesome. Verse 19. It's about to get better. And not being what? Weak in faith, he considered what? Not his own body. Dead. Man, he didn't consider his symptoms. Notice the Bible does not say there were no symptoms. It just says Abraham didn't consider them. He didn't value them. 
It didn't make them important. We're not saying you're not feeling pain in your body. It's not just that important. What's important is what's about to be said now. Amen. Amen. He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about what? (laughs) Man, this dude was a hundred. I mean, he he was over the hills. (laughs) Amen. He's a hundred years old. He's never had a child. I mean, there's nothing that will preach to you uh, like this. This was bad. I don't know if any one of us in here has been uh, through some stuff for about a hundred I don't think so. Amen. <laughs> he says, man, for about a hundred years old. And he didn't consider the deadness of his own body, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. But what did he consider? Next verse. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, doing what? Giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being what? Fully persuaded that he who had promised, he was also able to what? To perform. Man, when you are in a situation where all natural circumstances are challenging you, you need, to be, you need to be encouraged knowing this, that the one who has promised you is also faithful to do the very thing that he said he will do. Amen? God is faithful to do it. I'm telling you, God is faithful to do it. Let's go now to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 29 to 30. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Now, divine health and healing is like the sun, you know, shining uh, uh, and releasing light and, and heat to the world. Uh, sometimes we don't fully experience the sun, particularly in the season that we're in now, uh, because sometimes there are clouds in the sky and they stop, you know, the sun from reaching us. Just because the clouds stop the sun from reaching us, does not mean the sun is not giving light. Amen? Amen. And sometimes there are cloudy things that, you know, stop and hinder us uh, from experiencing the full promises of God. And just because we are not experiencing them, it does not mean grace has not already made them available. Amen? Amen. And one of these things is this, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-nine to 30. It says, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself. He's talking about communion. And he's saying, you know, an unworthy manner of drinking and partaking in communion is, uh, you know, when you partake communion uh, without being born again. Amen. He says, uh, also not discerning the Lord's body. He who drinks and eats, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, verse 30, many are weak and sick among you and many are asleep. Or in other words, many die, you know, uh, uh, among you. And here he's talking about us uh, being at a place where we can descend the Lord's body. And sometimes as, as believers, we fall into the same trap as unbelievers to where we do not descend the Lord's body. What does he mean by that? He's talking about keeping the revelation of what Jesus did for us on the cross fresh in our minds. Man, you need to keep the revelation of what Jesus did on the cross uh, fresh in your uh, uh, oblongata. <laughs> Man, you need to keep reminding yourself of what Jesus has already paid for on the cross. It's called mind renewal. Amen. 
Amen. You need to preach to yourself. You need to tell yourself these realities. Remember what he says in the book of Psalms? He said, uh, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not his benefits. Because the temptation is to forget the benefits. And he tells us those benefits. He says he, he forgives you of all your iniquities, and he heals you of how many? All of your diseases. So we need to keep this revelation fresh in our minds. Amen? And this is why coming into ministry, uh, we made a decision that we were not going to entertain. <laughs> I don't get paid that much for entertainment anyway. <laughs> you know, we we're not going to entertain. We were not going to play games. All we were going to do was to remind people of what Jesus has already paid for on the cross. Amen. That's what we do every Sunday. Get your mind fresh on these true realities that God has already paid for your healing. And if we can get you to a place where these revelations are fresh, you'll be at a place where you can descend the Lord's body. Watch this. All the days of your life. And man, you're not going to descend the Lord's body uh, uh, on Instagram 24 hours a day. (laughs) Sound like a legalistic preacher now. Man, you're not going to do it not focusing on the cross. The Bible says we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. While you're at work, you're meditating on these truths that Jesus has already paid for it. And as you do that, I'm telling you, uh, you will be able to stand strong and enjoy divine health. Protect the body. Discern the Lord's body. I want to add into that. Man, we need to learn how to discern the Lord's body. That when you come to a place like this, it's not just another social thing that you do on a Sunday morning. Man, you come into a place where God says, if two or more uh, shall meet in my name, I am there with them. So when you come to a place like this, man, God is present here. He's here to heal. Just like it said in Luke 5.17, the power of God was present to heal. I'm telling you, Jesus is here. And because Jesus is here, his power to heal is here. At the end of every service, we say, believers, walk up to people and lay hands. Man, you better have some expectation in your heart. Because guess what? The power to heal is here. Amen. It's not just something we've added to the program to make it more religious and spiritual. No. The power of God to heal is here. And it's flowing through all of us. Amen? And when we descend the body, we as the body are able to live at a place of strength. And divine health. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we also need to discern the body. Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. How many of you realize that? Man, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will repair your body. That's what the Bible says in Romans 8, 11. It says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. And that spirit will quicken your mortal body. How many of you realize that the Holy Spirit can create new organs? I knew the amens were going to deep a little bit. They were going to deep a little bit. Because now we're getting radical. How many of you realize that the Holy Ghost can create new organs? How many of you realize that the Holy Ghost can fix blind eyes? He can open deaf ears. He says the same Spirit that raised. Listen. You started this journey by believing that God can raise people from the dead. Do you realize that? The first thing you believed when you became a Christian was that God raises people from the dead. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the 
dead, then you will be saved. So that's the first thing you believe. Man, you are a radical person. You may not know it, but you are radical. Because the first thing you believe is that God can raise people from the dead. And if he can raise people from the dead, I can assure you, he can fix sick bodies. Thank you, Jesus. And we need to discern the body. Let's go to James chapter number three. Man, I have three minutes or just three minutes? Wow. James 3 verse 16. Thank you, Jesus. Here's one of the clouds that stop us from enjoying, um, you know, the full uh, uh, benefit of what Jesus paid for on the cross. He says, for for where envying and strife is, there is what? There is confusion and every evil work. Listen, child of God, envy and strive as luxuries none of us can afford. Did you see that? Man, I'm telling you, envy and strive are luxuries none of us can afford. Do do you see what you are cashing in for when you start operating in envy and strife? You are cashing in for confusion and every evil work. The Bible says you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. Better known as a tripartite human being, your spirit was born again and sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When you got born again. So nothing can enter into your spirit or out of your spirit. You know? Except by, you know, mind renewal, you can release the life of God. But nothing can tarnish or taint your spirit. Your spirit has been stamped, approved of God, and protected until the day of redemption. Nothing can touch your spirit, but your soul is still open to all kinds of influence. And one of the things that can influence your soulish realm negatively is envying and strive. According to the Bible, you open yourself up to all kinds of influence when you start operating in envy. In a way, I have to preach this sermon to, you know, uh, uh, pastors and preachers. Because sometimes pastors, man, we, get to, we go to envying other people's assignments. We go to envying other people's ministries. And we go to lasting after, you know, people's, you know, uh, callings and opportunities and so on and so forth. And just covet. In fact, when you start hanging around pastors, man, you realize how carnal some of these pastors can be. Man, when you walk up and you're just fellowshipping, they won't give you any lights or any time of day. But when they find out, oh, that dude is also on TV and now, man of God, can we give you some tea? You know, man of God. <laughs> man, I'm thinking, man, how, 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 how carnal is this? Man, I'm thinking, this is carnal. So you know what I do when I hang around pastors these days? They ask you, man, how many people uh, do you pastor? I always say just 50 plus. And guess what? They don't give me any attention until someone goes and whispers to them, oh, man, you know, there's some great things happening there. And you can see a turnaround. What's happening? Man, these people are operating from a place of carnality and envy. That spirit will just dominate you even in the ministry. Man, you need to be at a place where you are able to celebrate others. Envy is a dangerous spirit. Because envy, unlike jealousy, you know, jealousy just says, I don't want them to have that. It's a nice thing. Envy says, you know what? I don't want them to. I should be the one having it. In fact, let me read the definition here. Man, they're just not jealous about your husband. They want your husband. It says envy is a desire to have a quality, a possession, or other desirable thing belonging to someone else. And he says this kind of spirit, you know what it does? 
it brings confusion in every evil work. Amen? Uh, uh, it also says strive, which is having a contentious spirit. Man, this is a luxury we cannot afford. You know, some of you, uh, you're going to have a great temptation. And it's going to be lucrative. You know, when you're dealing with your families and, you know, extended families, man, you're going to have a great temptation to start operating in a place of strife and, and unforgiveness. And, bitter. and some of you will even feel justified. But I'm telling you, this is a luxury we cannot afford as children of God. It says where there is strife and confusion, there is, uh, where there is strife and envy, there is confusion and every evil work. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.27, neither give place to the devil. What is he talking about? He's talking about giving place, giving opportunity to the devil. And one of the ways we do that is by allowing bitterness and strife to dominate our soulish realms. Man, we should be the happiest people around. Happy to celebrate others. Amen. The Bible says in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord mm. is our strength. He says in Proverbs 17, verse 22, laughter doeth good like medicine. Man, when you feel envious and strifeful, find something to laugh about. Yeah. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Amen. He says laughter does good like medicine. Man, just find something to laugh about, to get excited about. Amen. Because this spirit of envy and anger and unforgiveness, man, it's just a luxury we cannot afford. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And the Bible says in Romans 12, verse 18, live peaceably with all men. It says, man, live peaceably with everybody. It says in Luke 13, verse 10, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and it could no way raise herself. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Man, I love science. Science is great. I love the, you know, medical fraternity and the medical uh, field. Man, we, 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 we love them. The Holy Spirit is a big guy. He can work with science. He doesn't get offended, you know, when science starts helping people. He's a big guy. He can work with science. But here's the deal. When you read this scripture, I can assure you that science would have never diagnosed this woman as having a spirit of infirmity. There are certain things that are spiritual. Amen? Amen? And cannot be, you know, diagnosed with science. Mm. Only the Spirit of God can show us mm. through discernment, and we are able to address them as children of God. How many of you realize that Jesus gave us authority over demonic spirits? Yeah. Amen? Amen? And one of the things I do when I'm talking to people and someone says this, this to me, you know, Pastor, I've been struggling with this thing and the doctors can't really tell what it is. All the tests are clear. I know immediately this may be a spirit of infirmity. And I start addressing the spirit of infirmity. Notice I say addressing, not counseling. <laughs> there's, some, there's, there's, there's a place for counseling. But we don't counsel demons, amen? We don't interview demons, we cast them out. You, you, man, you need to learn some aggressive terminology in your prayer life. At some point, you're going to have to stop everything and just address those things. Puma! In the name of Jesus. And as you do, they have no choice but to leave. And they would stop tormenting your body. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. You know what, who is saying you should be angry at? 
the devil and his maneuvers. Man, at some point, you need to get to a place where you get sick and tired. No, you don't get sick and tired. You just get tired and tired. I don't want you getting sick, amen? (laughs) At some point, you need to get tired. You need to get tired and fed up with sickness in your body. At some point, you need to get to a place where you can't get sick every month. You can't expect to have a pain every month, man. At some point, you need to get angry and frustrated at spending month money every month. It's some weird thing that's happening to your body. And just stand and call it out in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, as you do, that spirit will have no choice but to leave. Because these spirits, just like a dog, they can tell. Whether you mean what you say or you're just saying it because Pastor T said you should say it. I think it was someone who said, I don't know if it's a cuss word, but I don't know. I'll just say it. We'll edit it afterwards. Um, (laughs) They said their greatest fear was to go to a place where dogs don't understand (laughs) putzek. Is that it? Is that a cuss word? It's not a cuss word. I don't think it's a cuss word. It's a, it's a, I don't know. It's, it's a good word. That's, you know. You say, man, you say, man, I don't want to catch myself in England, and this dog does not understand this word. You know what? Because you may think you're taking authority, but, you know. But anyway, why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. Man, you find yourself, man, you, you need to take authority. And be aggressive. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Someone shout, by his stripes I am healed. (coughs) Because I am a child of God, healing belongs to me. Spirit of infirmity, demonic influence, I take authority over you right now. In the name of Jesus. My body keeps well. I refuse to accept any sickness in my body. I reject it right now. In the name of Jesus. I command every part in my body, every organ, every cell, every nerve, every tissue, to line up completely with the word of God and be healed. God desires above all things that I be in health. God wants me well. God has provided healing as part of the atonement. Therefore, sickness has no place in my life. I command it to die in Jesus' name. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, I am redeemed from sickness. I possess life that is loaded daily with benefits. Healing and divine health are a part of these benefits. Therefore, I walk in healing and divine health all of the days of my life. I shall live 
and not die. I shall live to declare the wonderful works of God. In Jesus' name. I feel in the spirit right now that some of you flirt with the ideas that you're not going to see old age. The enemy tries to drop those ideas in your head when you have a pain. He begins to remind you of some friend who didn't make it. I can guarantee you that thought is not a thought of God. When it comes the next time, you should shout, I shall leave and not die. I shall live to declare the wonderful works of God. And you should throw in Psalm 91 in there and shout, with long life, He will satisfy me and put good things in all the days of my life. The Lord has healed my broken heart He has bound up all my wounds. You know, some of you struggle with emotional hurt. The Bible says the Lord is the healer of all the broken hearts. God will heal you of all the past disappointments. Amen? Don't entertain them in the soulish realm. Don't entertain them in your mind in your will and your in, in your emotions. Listen, child of God, I'm not saying it did not happen. It happened. But why don't you let God in and let him heal you? He's the great physician and he can heal even a broken heart. Someone shout, the Lord has healed my broken heart. He has bound up all my wounds. I can love again. I can celebrate again. I can have joy again. In Jesus' name. Someone shout, I am prosperous. In every sense of the word. Some of you, the enemy, I'm just going by the spirit. Is that okay? Some of you, the enemy has lied to you. And he has told you, you're not prosperous because of the car that you drive. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Some of you, some, some, of the, some of the most well-behaved children in the world, and you don't even count yourself prosperous because the enemy has lied to you. How many of you know that there are some people with crazy kids out there? You don't even thank God for having children that listen to you, having children that come back home every often, having children that call you and tell you, Daddy, Mommy, I love you. Having children that listen to their... Man, you are a prosperous man. You are a prosperous woman. And you need to wake up every single day and declare, I'm prosperous. I'm prosperous. I'm prosperous. God has prospered me. Shout, the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of me. That same spirit quickens my mortal body, quickens my organs, my heart, my kidneys, my bladder, my lungs, my eyes, my mouth. You know, dental things, man, 
the Spirit of God will quicken your mortal body and make your teeth cooperate. Amen? Shout sickness and disease and pain. I evict you now. Forever. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Shout, I walk in love. Man, you better mean this one. Remember we said envying and strife? confusion man this one this one is to yourself it's a declaration shout i walk in love and forgiveness did you read did you hear that what did it say i walk in what and what else man it means the people that hurt you it's time to let them go it's time to let go amen it's time to let it go and the spirit of god is here to help you. Pastor, but you don't know what they did. Man, I'm telling you, it's a luxury we can't afford. It's a luxury we cannot afford. Amen? Shout, I walk in love, I walk in love. And, forgiveness and forgiveness all the days of my life. I let go, I let go of all bitterness, all resentment, all, resentment, all, envy, all envy, and all strife. I will not allow offense to stop me from living in divine health. There shouldn't be a name in the world today that if we say that name to you, all kinds of emotions start to stir up on the inside of you. Some people, if we say right now, Tabi saying, people get crazy. Say, Pastor, say, Pastor, Pastor, you better not say that name. Because all kinds of things start staring at, ooh, man. I'm not saying there's, a, there's something wrong with the name, but I'm just saying if we say Ed Moore for some of you, you know. If we say John or Peter, whatever. Man, there shouldn't be a single person in the world that can stop you from receiving the fullness of God and what God has for you. Some people that if we say a name, you know that thing that begins to work on your throat, that thing you can't swallow even water anymore. It's like, man, just someone's name. Man. Why would you afford someone such importance in your life? In a negative way, of course. Man, let them go. Amen. Live at a place of freedom. Look at people, celebrate others. Amen. And don't let them stop you from enjoying the promises of God that Jesus has already paid for. Was that good? Man, I'm telling you, this will set you free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And here's what we want to do. Next Sunday, as we progress towards grace in the marketplace, we want to encourage all of you to invite one person to church. Just one person. For the month of July, just invite your colleague, invite your friend, invite your relative and say, hey, listen, uh, let's go to church together. Some of you may have to pick them up. Uh, some of you may have to uh, uh, bring Tabisang to church. Some of, you, some of you may have to. That's the only way you're going to know that you know, you, you're not mad at them anymore. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. 
To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who